What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Whitetail Edge podcast. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. And today's episode is actually brought to you by Water Feather. Water Feather is a uh, waterfowl boat that is actually designed by one of our team members and one of our friends, Jeff Klump. Um, Jeff uh, bought this company, and it is an incredible boat. Um, I would say it's mainly targeted towards a waterfowl audience, but you know, I used it to boat in in Indiana when I was there visiting Jeff, and it was uh, it was really incredible. It's under 60 pounds. Uh, we put little trolling motors on it and blasted through, you know, to our spot. It was it was really awesome, but it's perfect for waterfowl, recreational fishing. Um, it's just an awesome little boat. They're actually going to be at NWTF, so you can swing by their booth. Booth, not boof. 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 Come by the booth. <laughs> you can uh, swing by their booth and check them out. They're really awesome. Uh, veteran-owned. Jeff's a veteran. Um, and actually his episode just dropped on, um, on Whitetail Edge's YouTube and Mossy Go and all that. So you can check it out there. And, um, so yeah, this episode's brought to you by Waterfeather. And I'm here with, uh, with Ben. Hi everybody. (laughs) I'm here in the sound booth. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Oh man. Oh yeah. No editing that one out. So yeah, here it is. It's a nice, muddy, wet, rainy day here in Ohio. I feel like it's been wet, muddy, and rainy all winter long here. Yeah. Well, we had we had about a week and a half of actual good logging weather, so the crews could actually get something done. And then now it's back to disastrous mud, and we don't get winters anymore like we used to. I can remember back in the '90s. When I was logging pretty hard then too, all the way up into like I logged every day till about 2007 of my life, like from like cutting timber every day, hand cut, you know, chainsaw, um, 066 or an 064, whichever one, just depending on which one I wanted to use that day. But then they went to 660s and then 460s. But long story short, and then I sold my last skitter in 2021, <clears throat> but. I cut quite a bit in 2020 too, but I've been, you know, cut off and on, but I can remember back in the nineties, like our winners. And I don't think this has anything to do with like this whole global war, I, you know, cause I, if you look at old weather records, it's actually hotter. I've looked at it, man. Yeah, the 1930s so like, was a hot year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the- so like, there's just like, but anyways, I'm just saying like, I can remember some winters, um, that it was so dang cold for so dang long. Mm. Like it just was like the never ending winters. I mean, last year was actually pretty cold. Yeah. Not a lot of snow, but really cold. But I mean, I'm talking like frozen ground to work in, get logs out, get things done. Um, We used to have to tarp the log skitters and the dozers, like put a tarp over them, put a belly heater underneath them to warm them up, sit in the pickup truck for about 45 minutes snooze or listen to the radio till those things got warmed up enough to where you could start them and probably definitely try not to leave mud in your tracks no never no you had to clean out the tracks very good or they would freeze but um yeah i mean i just remember that like you know those were hard days working you know i mean you come home you were tired you earned your dinner um then you know it's just uh I'm 50, I'll be 50 in July, you know, and I don't have to work like that now, but I still work hard as far as like buying timber and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, my guys that work in the woods, you know, my crews that are underneath of me, you know, 
I often think of what they deal with on a daily basis when it's muddy or when it's, you know, three feet of snow. And, you know, I don't miss those days. I mean, there's something special about working in the woods, absolutely. You know, and I still miss cutting timber a lot. But there's those days that I wake up and I look outside and I'm like, man, I am glad I do not have to start a chainsaw today. <laughs> yeah. That all I got to do is go walk some timber or, you know, estimate some timber. But I don't have to literally eat sawdust all day long in three feet of snow, yeah. you know. But, again, this weather, like right now, it's just so hard to get anything done. Everybody's just sitting. Yep. You know, the thaw's out. The roads are soft. You know, there's just not much you can do. So we're podcasting today. Yeah, it, it was crazy because yesterday, I think. What is today? Today's Monday. Yeah, yesterday or the day before. I can't remember which day it was, but. I went and uh, pulled some cameras and some tree stands and some Novix and um, just walking through like the edge of the field. It was a chore. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. It was, it was insane. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, you know, so again, hats off to all the hardworking blue collar guys that watch our show and that listen to our podcast because, you know, we've been there, we feel for you. Like we know what it's like and, uh, you know. I'll be back grinding probably by the end of the week looking at the weather. It's actually supposed to warm up a little bit. Things might start drying out some. But it literally poured and poured Saturday night. Yeah. Like, it flooded my bottom road big time. Yeah. Like, the beavers were swimming along on the side of our car going to church <laughs> yesterday. And I'm to no lie. Wow. Like, uh, when it floods down there, it floods. I was really thankful to not be outsiding a house or something in the middle of a field in the mm-hmm. cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's uh, it's that just that time of year. So you know, sheds are dropping. A lot of deer are dropping their antlers right now. Guys are finding sheds. I haven't looked yet. I, I've still got getting pictures of quite a few deer holding antlers. That so I don't like to go in too early and start bumping deer around looking for. What I don't want to do is bump the buck I'm trying to find onto the neighbors and he drops over there. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and. Uh, but uh, I've got a lot of cameras running still. Been messing with the new Stealth Cam Deceptors, um, which really a nice camera so far. I'm doing some uh, testing right now on some new stuff that they're going to be coming out with. It's really impressive. Yeah, so I can't even talk about it. But as far as like what it is, but I'm just saying like, you know, <clears throat> and it's really cool to be involved in that process. Yeah, the early stages of developing a product because that's really what I've always wanted to be involved in. So mm-hmm. I'm really pleased to be a part of that with Stealth Cam to be able to do that. Um, and you know, I have two units right now that we're messing with and pretty quality. I'm pretty impressed. So nice. hopefully we get them ironed out to where before they go to the public. And that's the nice thing. Like you can see that, like the people are going to see that. Like you know, guys like me. Mm-hmm. And there's some other guys on the field testing, you know, that are, uh, you know, putting these things to, to the test. Yeah, because, I mean, you want it to function, too, 100 oh, 100%. 100% because you're going to be using it. Yeah, well, that, and I mean, I've just never been a, everybody knows that I I want to, I believe in what we push. And, you know, years ago when I outfitted, I ran tons of stealth games, tons mm-hmm. of them, you know, for outfitting. And they were all, they were some of my best cameras that... But we've talked about that before. But anyways, uh, moving on, just, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I was actually going to later today sit down and start going over all my food plots, um, different seedings that I want to do, different areas. So this is a good time of year for guys to 
start prepping for that. Take some days that you have some time and, um, you know, if you've got some time, you know, sit down, maybe get a plan together. Think about the fertilizer you're going to need, the deer grow you're going to need. You know, that's the, the liquid fertilizer basically mm-hmm. that we use. You know, we, we say liquid fertilizer just because it's easy to say, but it's really a nutrient-packed full of all kinds of different, you know. And a lime substitute as well. Yeah, so like guys can use that through a sprayer uh, before tilling and after and after, you know, like the plot boost comes, you know, once the plant pops out of the ground. A um, couple inches you can spray again on top of there with foliar spray that feeds your plant. So that's something that's really affordable for guys to use. So you can look into that now and, like, start figuring out how much am I going to need, how much bag lime am I going to need, like, am I planting clover, am I planting – what am I planting this spring? Like, am I going to be frost seeding? Am I going to be doing new plots? Am I putting in, you know – grasses bedding grasses just all kinds of different stuff are you doing hinge cutting are you just flopping a couple big trees here and there to create some big top bedding um well i I do want to note too on that on the deer grow so i think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with that industry as far as like uh, the fertilizer and basically a lot of the fertilizers are going to just make an appearance of your crop being bigger than what it is and deer grow really uh, focuses on packing the plant with nutrients mm-hmm. um i love their logo the the antler the the tip of the antlers is an arrow and it's going up deer mm-hmm. grow but i mean seriously i i i believe in the product i've used it for the past couple of years and um the deer just absolutely pound it and they seem like they stay on it like my clover, they they stay. I mean, they're eating it now. Oh yeah, a hundred percent mowed to the ground. Yeah. Well, and I think what it does is it helps. It just gives that plant more. I think it just tastes better. Maybe I don't. Know I, I don't does. know for sure, but I just think the healthier the plants are, I feel like it's something they sought out. Yeah. Like they know that this is what they need. Well, know? it's kind of like non-GMO corn. Yeah. You know, like a, like you plant a cornfield with next to a genetically modified cornfield and a difference in an organic cornfield, yeah. they're going to hammer that non-GMO corn yeah. way faster. They can tell. Yeah. Um, but we eat it like yeah. idiots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, whatever. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so it's just like those are things that right now, like, you know, people want to know kind of what we're gearing up for. Plus it's show season. Um, you know, Novix has got some booths going places. I got to do some seminars at the Iowa Deer Classic coming up i got to do a church seminar in uh, new milford pa south new milford church the ninth um just a lot of different things you know on top of our regular jobs you know trying to keep the timber guys going and you know it's uh are you allowed to say what you're doing at iowa and the seminars the topics or <clears throat> well so i'm actually going to do the same seminars i did in peoria so if you were in peoria last year at the deer show there I'm doing the same seminars in Iowa this year just because they haven't been done there. But it's basically on black widow mock scrapes and uh, calling deer. Do two different seminars. Uh, the calling deer one will be, you know, revolved around like the black rack, the illusions, grunt call, you know, extinguisher, stuff like that. Like just how it's been successful for me. Mm-hmm. Dylan will have video support um, there with me to kind of show some hunts. We'll break those down a little bit. And kind of talk about them and you know we'll take questions uh the ones we did in peoria last year were a big hit i thought i mean we packed the room and guys were super stoked yeah you know the video evidence too is a big one because 
it's not just you spitting the game. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's literal evidence. And you know, I've really always struggled with that was like reading the body language and when to do what call. And I still, it's not clear as day to me, like it is to you. So that's a, uh, that one was definitely my favorite mm-hmm. was the, uh, the calling one for sure. Oh yeah. Well, it's, and I mean, I like passing that kind of info on too to people. Like I like trying to help people understand, um, sense better or, you know, where to make mock scrapes and things. And, you know, a lot of times our seminars get off top, you know, they, they get in the weeds a little bit because guys just have questions, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of what those turn into towards the end. Like last year, if you remember, I mean, it was like, it could have went on forever because guys yeah. just keep asking different questions that, and that's fine. You know, that's what I'm there for. Yep. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think you'll have some time in between seminars too that, you know, if, if you guys have questions. Yeah. Know. And I'll be hanging around the Novix booth or, yep. you know, places like that. So we'll, you know, um, people will be able to talk to me there too. Um, so that'll be, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that show. Cause I've, yeah, so I've, I've never been to the Iowa deer class. I've heard my first time. I've heard awesome things about that show. Yep, so me I'm, too. I'm really excited about it. Yep, I'm, I'm excited to see a different crowd of people and, yep. you know, get to meet a lot of the guys that direction that follow us that, you know, we don't get to see like in Columbus or mm-hmm. Peoria. So, um, looking really, really looking forward to that and just, you know, um, just being out there and being around other deer hunters and, you know, it's, uh, should be a good time. So, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, like right now, again, it's just still game planning. Like it never really stops. I mean, we're, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like on uh, some different dirt. And like I said, I think last pod- podcast, I was talking about how I got to start finding some new Ohio dirt, mm-hmm. you know, to knock on doors on, get permission on. And so I've been kind of gearing up for that a little bit. I think I got at least one place since we talked last. Um, but you yeah, know. I'm hoping guys aren't waiting till September to knock on doors. I know a lot of you will, but. I'm urging you get out there and knock on some doors because this is a great time to do it. They're going to be like, well, isn't deer season over? And I almost feel like it's uh, I don't know. I feel like I don't know how to describe it, but if you're, if you're like, well, I don't want to hunt it this year, but I'm just trying to get the, you know, in for next year. I, I don't know. There's something about that planning and preparation and you not even asking to hunt it instantly. I think it works in your favor sometimes. Yeah, it can. And, you know, I mean, I just think being prepared and I mean it, don't put off today what you can do. You know, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Yep. And if you're out doing like if you're out doing today, you know what you should be. It might pay off. It may not be for six months from now, but it'll pay off. Yep. You're you're gonna hear no's. You're gonna hear. I wouldn't pick a freezing cold or rainy day though yeah. to knock on a door because yeah. they're just gonna want to hurry up that conversation. People are just like animals or deer. So those yeah. days that you feel good when yeah. the high pressure and the sun's out and people are like and the birds are singing and things feel good. Everybody feels good. Those are the best days to go knock on a door. When you're riding around in the rain and you're trying to pick on farmers while they're out in their building working (laughs) on equipment and they're mad because they can't get in the fields fields or things are... Not a good day. (laughs) Yeah. Those aren't the best days to go beating on doors looking for timber or for hunting permission. Even on the sunny days, those farmers, it still sometimes isn't a good day. They get tired of people like us bugging them. Yeah. Some days, no no days a good day. It just depends. But... uh, I've met some cranky farmers. Oh, yeah. I've met day. some cranky people looking when I've been trying to drum up timber, boy. Hey, one thing I want to talk about here is um, at ATA, we got to see some new products across several of our different partners, and I kind of want to dive into that. And um, 
like Painted Arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I finally got to go over there and meet those guys. Great guys. But Nate and man, Gavin. yeah, some of the stuff that they have out, um, man, is is really freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. So if you've you know if you've thought about dabbling into filming your hunts, I really urge you to because one, it, it is a lot of fun, and two, I think there's a uh, you know, to have that footage to be able to look back on has been pretty dang crucial in some of my recoveries instead of that, you know, it's taking the guesswork out. So I would, you know, I think it's good for that. And then also just to be able to relive that again is great. And they have a way to do that at, uh, you know, pretty affordable um, rate, I guess, you know, to be able to just attach your cell phone, something you already have, you know, to your bow. But one thing I really loved that they had was that strap. And it goes around the tree, and you can attach your GoPro up mm-hmm. above your head for that yep. secondary angle, man. I, I, I'm gonna have to like tell all the guys to get one of those because yeah. that is such a cool angle, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like when you're self filming, to have that angle behind you, you can see the deer in front of you, and get, you know, you pulling back and everything. I think that is a really killer uh, angle. But they had some really cool stuff out there. Yeah, for those guys are young, and man, they are passionate about what they're doing and where it's headed, and you know, just like Jeff and his partner with water feather, you yep. know, in the boats. I mean, it's, they're, you know, I think they got a deal here with Mossy Oak to do, uh, actually a, uh, what do you, what would you call it? Like a cover, like yeah, a blind. Like, yeah. Like a cover for, um, for the boat. Yeah. Yep. And mm. yeah, his, dude, his boat is, is seriously really cool. I mean, yeah, and it it's is not, not just for duck hunting either. No. I mean, like you can use this thing to access, you know public. the backside and you know up creeks public land ponds whatever it's it's a way to get into places and it's so light to carry around and it don't flip dude can you imagine that in like kentucky public lands because yeah. you know a lot of that is water access man if you had that with a trolling motor well, the I way think... the way we snuck into that um access there in indiana i was really impressed yeah it's actually on your video if people want to see it yeah where, where jeff had like how he has his farm set up using that water is just like Dude, mm-hmm. it's genius. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's a, for duck hunters, it's great, but it's also really great for other, like if you're a trapper or different things, you know, because it's, it handles the rockiness, you know, like of side you to side, you don't flip it. Yeah, you can't hardly tip I mean, it. I mean, Jeff was in the water, like waist deep in waders, and he did a video and like climbed into the boat. And Jeff's not a little guy mm-hmm. and couldn't tip it. Um, Trolling motor, you know, just great for fishing. And I mean, can really you imagine just... Mike Lake's head trying to get in that boat? Oh my god, <laughs> poor Mike! <laughs> <laughs> I know Mike's listening. It's a lot of knowledge. We always pick on Mike Lake because he has like the biggest. Noggin. I loved, I loved the um, when he went to the Cavs game and he had sent that picture. That was <laughs> so funny. That giant hat. <laughs> that was uh, awesome. Mike's such a good sport. Oh yeah, but yeah, Mike. Uh, well, Squinny's always smiling, but Mike, he's, he's just got this huge melon, dude. Mike's like, the salt of the earth, man. Yeah, he's such he a is. great guy. So we always pick on him about the size of his head. <laughs> you, you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it, though. <laughs> but um, anyways, he's got a big brain in there. What but. else? Did, so I didn't get to walk around a whole lot because I was working the Novix booth, but what else did you see as far as our partners and maybe uh, some new stuff coming I out? I converted a lot of people over to the RVX. Mm-hmm. I was I hung around from over Prime. there from Prime, and uh, I actually drugged some people from like the Novix booth once. They were we were talking about other bows, and I won't list names mm-hmm. of manufacturers because there's so many good bows. But I was like, look, come over here and shoot it. Yeah, you well, know, what, Waddell was talking about switching to a Prime or yeah, something no, right I don't now. Think so I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, you know, I just 
showed them like what the what the strong points of a prime are you know what what i like about them what the balance factor is just everything about it and had these guys shooting them in fact the the last ones i had shoot it was a father and two sons and i i think they were sold you know i don't know for sure they were from illinois and i'm pretty sure they were pretty impressed um you know it's it's definitely gonna look into it i'm not gonna say they're gonna buy but I think it opened their eyes mm-hmm. to like, wow, this yeah. is a lot different than I ever thought. Yeah, oh, it's hard not to be impressed when you when you shoot one of those bows. Really, yeah. I mean, and G five is the number one broadhead company now, as far as I know. From what I understood, they're the number one selling broadhead company in general, which is that's mega. Yeah, good. Um, so you know, and everybody knows we believe in the mega meat, like no tomorrow, yep. or even the dead meat. But I love the mega meat. I mean, that's my but, you know, the Montec has been around forever. Mm-hmm. That's a staple. Yep. Yeah. What do they have? The other one, I think it, it's, is it? The, There's Dead Meat, Mega Meat, yeah, Montec. Is it a Triton or something? I don't know. They have one that's a really sharp. Yeah. Um, I can't get away from the Mega Meat. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I don't have no reason to shoot another one. Yeah. You know, a different head right now for what I do. Um, but I also swung by the HHA booth, got to talk with Chris and Jake. Yeah. Um, and they came out with a new three pin. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Um, but again, like such a perfect, uh, a perfect site for, I don't know. I really like my rise, which is the two pin, but still acts as like a single pin the way, you know, you can dial it in, but the three pin, I think, you know, there's definitely a place for that. And especially self filming or like in the rut Mm -hmm. could definitely, uh, and they got new colors too. Yep. Um, so that's new. And then obviously, uh, Novix came out with uh, new colors, which really awesome. They, they tried to come out with the OD green and FDE last year. And this year they really fine tuned it with a powder coat finish. It looks really sharp A hybrid stand, which is like the first of its kind. Um, it's like a traditional saddle platform. So it's got the cables running in the middle. You can check this out on their socials, but cables running in the middle. That way the saddle hunter can still work the edges um, or they can take a load off with a seat. So really cool design there. Um, and then uh, they came out with a saddle platform that Ben's going to be in this year. <laughs> He's going to be saddle hunting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe Javen filming, not Ben. Yeah. No, but, um, yeah, I mean, to come out with a saddle and, you know, America, still 100% American made, um, really cool. Um, new design on the steps. They're welded, no more bolt design. So actually cut weight there, steps flared out. Really cool stuff there at Novix. And also, you guys will be able to start finding Novix and dealers. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, you guys are going to start seeing it in your local pro shops. Staying out of the big box stores, but, you know, your local pro shops and archery shops. Um, and if they don't have it, you know, uh, put a word in there. Yeah. Have them reach them, out to us. Yeah. Tell them you want to get it in there. Yep. Uh, what else did you see? Uh, I'm excited for the finisher series at Blocker for turkey season this year. I'm really pumped about that. Um, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they released any new whitetail stuff. I didn't get a they, whole lot of They time have there. some stuff that's coming out. I got to see one outfit there that I really like. Um, also, the um, Redneck visited with Danny quite a bit. Um, redneck doesn't, you know, they don't have to change a ton of stuff for the Redneck blinds, um, but they got her. It's just amazing how big some of those blinds can be now. <laughs> that one there was nuts. Yeah, it's insane. That was awesome. You know, but like, and that's going to be, you know, a limited thing for people like different areas. But, dude, if know, I was single, 
Yeah. I would buy a property and just live in that thing. Yeah, they have the, um, other things though. Like I noticed this year, they they changed the sled that they use to pull. Um, you can pull hard blinds or the ghillies or the bale blinds with them. Um, that, you know, so they're portable. Yep. But they changed the sled a lot, and it, it it to me, excuse me, that made a big difference. Um, I like that, so I'm kind of excited about that to have that. Um, to, you know, move some of those gillies around and different things. Cause I like the ghillie blinds a lot. Like, mm-hmm. um, the stand up blinds are great, but sometimes, you know, when you just have permission farms or a lease, it's hard to go in there and want to put up a permanent blind, you yeah. know, cause it's a lot of work to get those out sure. and take them down and move. And so that's where like this sled situation with the, you know, with the hard blind or a ghillie or something or the bale blind. It's very mobile. Is it something that you could just like pull up on a trailer ramp? Yeah, absolutely. Like you can, cool. You literally can mount these blinds to this sled with the floor in it, and you hunt right off, like the one you hunt in by my building. Yep. Um, and you know you can pull it around and move it on the farm. I like that. So it's a good idea. Yeah. And they made it just a little more stable. Mm-hmm. The older one wasn't as wide, and it kind of wobbled just a tad when you were sitting in it. And this one doesn't do that. They've got to be the blind leader, right? I would uh, say. I don't know for sure. There's I, so many blind companies now. Yeah, there's a lot. Wow. I went to the Mount Hope Sports Show there, Northeast Ohio Sports Show the other day, and that building's, you know, not giant. It's a good sized building, but it's nothing like when you go to the convention centers for mm-hmm. the ATA or whatever. But everywhere you looked, blind company. there was a wooden blind. <laughs> you know, everywhere. Every Amish guy in Holmes County is making a blind now. Yeah. You know, and I just, I, it's just to me, it's like, I don't know. Like, when you sit in a redneck compared to like all those, I just, there's no comparison to me. And it's like, you're still, redneck is a little more expensive, but it'll last forever. Yeah. I like mean, forever. There in Indiana was like, that was actually the first year I've killed out of a redneck. Uh, I've sat in them before, but, you know, wind blowing right at that deer. You know, and he was an old sucker. I don't know how old yeah. he was, but he's a big old sucker. But I just kept the windows shut, man. It was mm-hmm. just awesome. And then, yeah, the only thing I've ever like, everybody wants to say, well, you know, our windows are better than the rednecks, or you know, and I mean, for us, like what we do as soon as we climb in the blind, we just open the windows up and then shut them again, like get the seal broke, you know, because yeah. that seal can, that weather-tight seal can stick to that glass a little bit. Yeah. Or you can take just a little bit of, like, of a, a silicone or a little bit of something and, you know, line that to where that window doesn't stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there some different window options that could be better, like easier to get open? Maybe. But longevity of a blind, I mean, like, these things cannot rot. Yeah. They can't. You know, water doesn't destroy them. You might, you're going to have to replace some seals over the years, you know, window seals. That's just normal wear and tear from UV, you know. You want it to seal. Yeah. And I mean, their colors can fade, but, you know, if you spend, say, four grand on a, you know, a blind in a setup or whatever, and you go buy one of these other smaller ones for 2,500 bucks put up or whatever, well, that's fine. But in 10 years, you're mm-hmm. having to put another. I've seen numerous ones doing property consults that are only like five years old that are already mm-hmm. starting to go backwards. Yeah, like you, it's constant maintenance. Yeah. So to me, I just don't see that point. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Um, but 
other stuff. Um, so one thing that really caught my eye was back on Stealth Cam was that 360. Mm, yeah, that one's out. Like that one, you know, like people can see that. The 360 is um, – and, and here's something to just keep in mind with the 360. So like basically what the 360 does, it literally takes a picture, a 360-degree run, like this thing – it's a, it's really something to see, um, but you the aperture in there does move just a little bit, so like you don't want that thing positioned to where it's like eye level with the deer's face. Mm-hmm. You want it to be a little lower where they're not when they're walking past it or walking across the plot, they're not looking into that window so much because that little aperture does twist. Yeah. Um, to get that 360. The best way to describe it would be like uh, if you guys have ever used like a laser for like uh, leveling ground or something like that. You know what I'm talking about where they set up the laser with the stick. Oh, and gotcha. That's one yeah. thing that kind of reminded me of. Yeah. So but what it's really mainly for, though, is to like monitor a field or a food plotter to yeah. like really see where deer are coming out, how many deer are using it. Put it on a stake. Yeah. A lot of, you know, you can use it in the woods, but I think... I think that would be a little bit detrimental in a sense. Like, you know, I think it's got its purposes, um, you know, to where it's going to be more effective for what you're trying to do. And I really think like that open space area, like a food plot, a corner of a woods looking over a field or so many times people think a big buck is entering a food plot or a field from a certain spot. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes they're really, you know, they may have circled and you might catch that. Like you might have seen that he actually come out over there. Then he circles and comes out in another spot mm-hmm. um, just because of the way the wind direction is and all that. But, you know. Um, I think we've seen it time and time again, too. Deer sometimes avoiding cameras and walking behind oh, yeah. the camera. Like they know it's there. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, so yeah, they, they I, might think they have the dupe on the camera. but Yeah. And then again, that goes to say that, like, you know, just because you have cameras doesn't mean you're always going to get every deer that's on that farm. Right. You know, I think most of the time guys get most of them, but there definitely are some deer that are camera shy. There's mm-hmm. deer that, you know, there's deer that have had bad experiences with, you know, people's feeders or bait piles, and they, they don't go to those things. Yeah. Like, they just, yep. you know, do all natural, and, you know, like, they just elude people, and people don't know they're there. So you cannot always go by just your trail camera intel mm-hmm. i don't think you know that's why sometimes i still tell people like look you just got to get out and hunt sometimes yep. get out there and enjoy it do some observations see what you see um you know just like uh, our friends the Lindsays, they killed a deer last week i think it was with uh, pastor luke i think his name is luke levine giant 190 deer 190 plus that just showed up hmm. like bonus buck Nice. I mean, they hadn't had a. I don't think they'd had any pictures of him all year. Wow, they've had some in in the past. Kind of knew he was around, but like he was always north. I think Jeff said, I think I, like pretty far north. But uh, you know, and they debated on whether to shoot him because they weren't sure whether he was old enough. But they finally just decided to let Pastor Luke shoot him, and it was probably a good thing they did because man, you might have never seen that deer again. Mm-hmm. But it's. <clears throat> Tell tale of having the food at the right time, the right weather. They were muzzleloader hunting, and I mean, just an incredible buck. Yeah, beautiful buck, yeah. beautiful Iowa buck. But how cool is that to like just be sitting there, and all of a sudden a deer show up yeah. that you don't know. Yeah, 
I mean, that's never happened to me. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> I, that's it's very, very seldom happened yeah, to me. Especially like, deer that caliber. Yeah. So like it did in Illinois this year, like that deer I shot that I called the insider. I didn't know that deer. And I was just, me and you were literally just sitting here going through the footage and I messed up. I shot this deer and I shouldn't have shot it. He was a three and a half year old deer, if not younger. Um, oh, I hope he wasn't younger. He could have been because the, <laughs> the shed that I have, like we talked about this, I'm positive the shed I found last year is this deer's shed. And I'm telling you. Sucker was stacked. It's probably two and a half years old. He was stacked. And it's insane to yeah. think. Like I literally want to drive off a bridge sometimes just thinking about what that deer could have been. But I showed you the trail videos of that deer. And like he looked so mature the day before where he was walking. And like he was, I killed him five, five, six hundred yards away from where this trail picture was, but I knew it was the same deer. And doesn't he look mature? It's just, yeah, very deceiving. I mean, even in one scene where he's walking in, I was like, well, he's got a lot blockier appearance than I thought. And then at one point, it's like, dang, it was too late. But it was like, well, now he looks really thin. Yeah, because like I was already locked in. Because once I saw the antlers, I was like, well, that's the deer I got the picture of yesterday. He's mature. Mm -hmm. And I was zoned out. Like all I was looking at was his heart. His lungs. That's it. Like I was in one hundred percent kill mode. I don't pay attention to nothing else. Like it's I'm it's on. Mm-hmm. And I smoked him. And he goes over there and milk drips out of his mouth. <laughs> hey. Uh you did make a great shot. I did. So good. But job. I was so upset, man. When I my e- elation went from Deflation. so jacked to get down and walked up on him and I was like, turn that freaking camera off. I could title the episode Elated to Deflated. Yeah. But I don't want to take it away from the deer, you know. I mean, like it was I still had so much fun. But it just stinks like as a deer manager and a guy that like, you know, you're supposed to know deer aging and things like that, that I just got so caught up in the moment, I flubbed up, you yeah. know. But it is what it is. So yep. but it's cool, you know, we're getting some of these episodes out. A lot of people are asking questions. Why are we putting them out early? Um, and again, we're just trying to get our content out there more real time, like sooner, get it out there where you guys can, you know, digest it. We will, again, this July, we will repost them again, like, you know, we normally do. So guys that haven't seen them can see them again or see the links to the shows, um, just like normal. But, you know, we're trying to just get things in tidy order, I guess, this year, get our game plans going on. We have some different sponsors, so we're trying to clean the slate, get moving forward, um, you know, and just going from there. So that's kind of why some of this is coming out early. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, right now it's just prep time. You it know, was like, like it was kind of like we were behind the ball, though. I mean, everyone else has kind of moved towards the real time. And, yeah, it seems like and it. it seems like it's working. You know, but um, you know, with it with it being our first year, obviously Ranger did really well. Was, we've gotten a great response, and it just keeps climbing. Uh, my episodes suck. I need to cut your face off and just put it on mine for the thumbnails. But um, so if you guys could go and like watch those or something, or share them or anything, that would that would help a lot. I thought they were good. You're hurting my feelings. Um, but before we move on, Ben, there was a couple other things I saw at the ATA. The Tenzing, the new Tenzing packs yeah. were really awesome. Yeah. I did a video on those, posted it. Yep. I love my hang time pack from uh, what two, three years ago. Now yeah. it's been out for a while, but they came out with some new packs. Um, and kind of improve some things there. So I'm really excited about that. The, the zippers are a little different. The material's a little different, too, on the pack. 
They also made it to where like some of these softer packs, you can carry your bow on mm-hmm. the back really easy. Like if you're e-biking or just carrying yep. in, or you can throw a Novix on it and strap it in there real easy. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so, a lot of room, a lot of room for a smaller pack. Yeah. Like, yeah. so that was... Uh, they yeah. kind of made it, I think, for a tree stand hunter in mm-hmm. mind a little bit, like to hang on a tree and be able to access the pockets and... Which again, I love my hang time packs. The the zippers are a little stiff, you know, a little bit noisy, but they've completely kinda... waterproof though. Yes. So I mean, it's like you got to pick your evil, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that was an excellent pack. And then um, I'm trying to think of what else I saw that was Baku was there. Baku was there. Um, just trying to think of what else was new that really caught my eye there. Um, there was a lot of different stuff. It it wasn't, you know, the, everybody was worried about it being in St. Louis, and it was definitely a smaller show. The ATA every year is getting smaller. There's just no doubt about it. I kind of liked it this year, but though. But it was a, still a good show, I felt. Um, you know, the Novix booth did really well. Um, I didn't it's talk to many really sharp looking booth. people that, you know, were, like, totally disappointed. The weather didn't help because that big, huge storm was coming in, and people were scurrying to get the heck out of there. You know, yeah, I didn't tell you what happened that when I left. You know, I was pulling the trailer home with all the half rack stuff and um, Novik stuff, and we were in Illinois coming out of Missouri that night. When did it end? Saturday night, yeah, yeah. Saturday night. And that's when that first big cold snap came in. And dude, you know, like when you're driving on the interstate and you hit that bump as you come onto a bridge, like yeah. dude, we hit that bump and had the truck and trailer completely sideways. Wow, it's we were all like just speechless the whole time screaming like little girls in the truck it was dude we stopped yeah yeah we got a plate because it we, got icy yeah it was the roads were a mess yeah. scary and like you can't tell like looking at the road you're like i can't tell if it's ice or just wet yeah yeah it was ice huh it was pretty terrifying yeah well at least you didn't wreck yeah no kidding mark Especially. got sick he had a heck of a time getting home the day before Poor yep. guy. And then Dwayne Jones, Indiana Jones from Indiana, uh, Novix. He got extremely sick. Had what Mark had because yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a long story. But they must have went to the same place together. Well, poor Dwayne was like really excited because Rich Rich Froning, he's a CrossFit champion or whatever. He came in town with Novix and Dwayne set all that up because he's into CrossFit. So he was all excited and to get to meet Rich. Couldn't meet him. And he described it as imagine seeing Tiger Woods and you're a big golf fan and you can't say hi. Yeah, or and he's in the backyard and you can't go yeah. talk to him. <laughs> I was like, well, that sucks. Yeah. Looking out the glass waving. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no, that was a good that was a Rich good... did kill a deer with yeah. Mark. Yep. Yeah. Nice deer. And I got to take uh one of his other guys out. His name, we, they call him Bird. And he swung in a miss on a deer, just shot just under it. But he was like all twerked in a blind. Gotcha. And, or twerked, not twerked. He wasn't twerking. He wasn't twerking. He was torqued wrong and just, it was rough. You know, late season when you're in all that gear and. Oh, yeah. It, it can be hard. But, I, oh, and I wore my new, uh, my new blocker stuff out there. Yeah. And it was freaking cold, but I kept warm. Yeah. Really warm. So. I liked mine. That was the Outfitter series, correct? Um, or which one did you get? I it, so I comboed mine. I had the there's because there's like a white tail something. I All think. All the adrenaline. Oh, I'd have to look it up to see what it's called. But I it it was late season stuff. I had bibs and then it was the uh, three in one Outfitter jacket. That was really awesome. That was a great jacket. But yeah, I was super impressed with Blocker this year. It's my first year ever wearing it. I loved it. Ever in your life? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've never wore a blocker. 
I really like it. It's actually probably my it, it's my favorite I've ever wore for right. sure. Yeah, that and I'm just a big mossy oak bottomland guy, so my bottomland suit just looked absolutely sick. Yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. Bottomland is becoming very popular again. Like, I mean, it's always been popular, but it just seems like people have a lot of fire right now for bottomland. I just think it's like the roots. You know, there's like a nostalgia behind it, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Just feels like I don't know how to describe it. Bottom yeah. line is just sharp. Yeah. Well, All we're purpose. hoping to, uh, you know, there's some stuff cooking with us in Mossy Oak, and hopefully that's going to be a really great thing and, you know, a little bigger relationship for us um, with Whitetail Edge and Mossy Oak, doing some different things for, uh, you know, their Mossy Oak Go, um, you know, doing more like land-type stuff as far as like seasonal prep and through the year and different stuff. So we're hoping to kind of get that all figured out and move forward with that and uh, be putting some more content out, relatable, because, you know, Mossy Oak truly is, a, they're about giving back to Mother Nature, you know, conservation and giving back, not just taking from the land and mm-hmm. making things better. And, you know, that's really, I support that whole, whole wholeheartedly, especially now that, you know, I'm in a stage of my life and getting older and I, you know, I've been able to finally buy some dirt you know, and manage it, you know, not just hunting on somebody else's land and asking if I can do a food plot or can I do this or whatever, but actually being able to do it on my own land, it's almost more enjoyable and fun to do that than it is the hunting for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's just my gears are changing and I like seeing the results. I mean, I love to hunt. I mean, I'm never, but I'm just saying, it's really satisfying, and I don't care if you own 10 acres or a 1,000 acres. Having your own piece of dirt to do something like that on is just, that's what I think God just made us for that, mm-hmm. like to have dirt in our fingernails and to blood and sweat. And, I mean, I just want to encourage people that are out there listening that think that they can never do it. I'll never be able to afford that. Dude, I was in your shoes. Mm-hmm. I really was. Like, I thought that way years ago when my babies were little and i mean i thought i'll never own land i'm never going to get there but you just got to keep grinding and trusting and you know making just good decisions like have your priorities like is this what you want or don't you yeah and it'll happen it will happen like you just have to just think that way Mm -hmm. you know it's just like you like finding all this land to hunt on you know people can always sit there and say well i don't have the places to hunt you do but you bust your butt looking for places to hunt, so you find them. Yeah. I don't it can I happen. Need, I don't even think I need to buy a farm. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> like, it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people just, they always have an excuse, and, you know, there is really no excuse for it. It's it's just what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, the, the every time, and it doesn't matter whose page it is. It can be ours, Drury's, Bone Collector's. It does not matter. The second there's a big deer posted, nice farm-raised buck, or what pen did you shoot him in, or, you know, all this stuff. And it's just, well, if I could hunt where you do, or it's just the constant woe is me, you know, they're just making comments to try to cover up their inadequacies or their goals. And there's a lot of, like, 100% perfect archers on the internet. Oh, yeah. Like they have never missed, never missed, or never took a bad, were shot. bad shot ever. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Poor Bomar. Like Josh, 
Josh and Sarah get ripped apart, like yeah. on some of this stuff. And you know, and he doesn't care. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm gonna post it. Yeah, man, they're super. Have you seen their super slow mo stuff lately? Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> it's really like cool. last year where they were chopping turkeys' heads off. That is really cool. Oh yeah, I mean they they do a great job. Like, and you know, it's funny, like because he's you know Josh is just a different cat. I mean, like he just. You know, he's just so full of energy and, like, pizzazz and, like, you know, you sometimes don't know how to take it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but, man, they kill some deer, some yeah. big deer. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Six 200s. Yeah, but again, like, you know, guys like that, it's never off time for them either. You know, they're prepping and they have some land and, you know, God bless them. They've got to a point in their life financially, they can buy a lot of dirt mm-hmm. and they're buying a lot of dirt yeah. and they're making it the way they want it. And they've made moves. They moved to Iowa from Ohio and things, you know, they've just set their life up. That's anybody can, you just got to have those goals, Yep. you know, and figure out if those goals are right for you or not, you know, and, you know, we talk a lot about whether or not, are we making deer hunting or this an idol? Like, are we putting it before God? Are we, you know what I mean? And so like, it's, I just had a guy email me that the other day. He was asking how I deal with that. How do I, in fact, I'll read it. Let me find that email here. You know, I've wondered it too. Like, <clears throat> cause it's so hard once you get a big deer on camera, not to become 100% just obsessed with it. But dude, at some of the messages that we get that make me feel like, this is right where God wants us. Yeah, well, um, so here it is. <clears throat> William Cook. He said on January 21st, he emailed and he said, Ben is a Christian and someone with an extreme passion for hunting whitetails. What is your advice on how to not create an idol out of hunting? I want to glorify God with hunting and I want to do what God wants me to, not what I want to do, but feel guilt as though I don't always succeed. Or he goes, I want to do, how does he want to do what God wants me to? Not what I want to do, but I feel guilt as though I don't always succeed in that. The time, effort, and energy required to kill big mature bucks sometimes feels excessive. Please let me know your thoughts. I think that's the Holy Spirit convicting you, brother. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and I think it's great that he... It's great that you're conscious about that. Yeah. So this was my answer. Um, and I said, very good question. I think it's something we all struggle with if we have faith. I think when it becomes a point where we're sh- um, skipping church constantly or putting off things that glorify God to go hunting instead of instead of it becomes a problem, which I do, you know, in, this, in the fall. I'm not at church every Sunday because mm-hmm. if I'm on the road or things like that. Um, and church isn't always the place that, like, church doesn't save you but it's good to be around other Christians like-minded. Mm-hmm. But going to church is not what makes you go to heaven. You can use hunting to reach people as I try to. That's one way I've justified to try to justify my passion. I still feel, though, too often I put it first, so I struggle as well. God knows our hearts and desires and is merciful, but he's also just and righteous. I think that you are aware of it is a big step. I think you'll be fine just when it becomes unhealthy or causing issues to drift from God is a big problem. Missing church a few days to spend time with God in the tree isn't all bad. Just be aware of the blessings he gives us. God bless and great question. And, uh, you know, I just feel that, like, that was a good, you know, it was a very good question because he's so, he's so aware of, you know, what he was. Uh, It'd be more concerning if he wasn't aware. Yeah. You know. And so, like, you know, I try to share, but 
We get a lot of questions too this time of year, and this is something I need to cover. And you can help with this too. So like, and I, I want to apologize to everybody that has sent an email here recently in the last four months about joining Whitetail Edge. A lot of people I have not gotten back to because honestly, I'm at a perplexing moment of how to answer that. Like we get blasted with requests to be a part of the Whitetail Edge team. Mm. Um, and I don't know, like you, I just, you want to answer everybody and cause you feel humbled that they're wanting to be a part of it, but there's just no possible way that we could take on everybody that, you know, apply, you know, wants to be, mm. um, and so I guess I'm going to let you kind of talk about a little bit like something we have talked about and something that we're considering if people are doing. And it's not like you would be a team member, but you possibly, you know, who knows? Like if it was great enough, it could possibly become that. But like we've talked about doing a little bit of sharing people's footage if they are, if they're out there filming and they want to try to like get their stuff on the whitetail edge or like we can, you know, put it on our platform to a degree or show off your hunt or something if it's aligned more with like our sponsors what we're doing um things like that i mean we'll look at it and we may use it also like you cannot have any game law violations you can't be a felon or you know you can't just have not saying you can't be a felon but i mean you can't be somebody that has such a a bad past that it's (laughs) going to make a problem for whitetail edge if you show up on us uh, on one of our feeds with a with a hunt of you killing a nice deer. Yeah. Not that you can't be forgiven and rectified in your life. It's just that we have to be very careful, and it's hard for us to do research on every single person mm-hmm. that wants to be a part of our team. And, you know, and I mean, granted, you know, we have guys on our team that do not kill every year. We've talked about this. Um, we're in a perplexing situation ourselves, like, because, you know, we had a great year this year. Um you know, but it's not easy, you know, but we try to just kind of stick loyal to the guys that have been with us for a while when we started and moving on. And, you know, Whitetail Edge is forever changing. We don't know where it's going to always end up. That's up to God, you know, I guess. It's like you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan so I can try to plan ahead. And, I, you know, I don't know where it's all going to go. But you being the editor and you deciding, Dylan, on, like, how the hunts roll and whatnot, you know, I'll let you kind of give an answer to that too of what your thoughts are about it. Yeah, so I'll start off this way. And, you know, one of our longtime team members, Dwayne, was, I would almost say, like the, uh, he kind of paved the road for guys that want to be a part of the team. Dwayne went out and literally bought everything that he needed to align with our sponsors. Okay. He didn't go and ask for this or that or the other. He actually went and bought everything and said, do you think, you know, maybe if I get a deer on film, um, I mean, I wasn't there for this conversation, but it it went something along these lines with Ben was like, do you think if I get a deer on film, you know, maybe you could use the footage and Ben's like, yeah, give it a shot. You know, he, so he goes out and he buys everything and Dwayne kills deer, his wife kills deer, Jess, and, uh, Ben uses the footage and now he's become a staple of, of whitetail ledge, um, and so this year we had a really interesting, uh, I don't know how to say it, not an outcome, but I, I got some footage in the mail from a guy that I, I've talked to just briefly before. And um, his name is Matt Miller from Indiana, and he actually sent me his footage. Um, and he just took it and ran with it because I said, um, you know, buy the gear and, you know, we'll definitely take a look at 
you know, at the footage, and he did. Dude, he bought everything. He, he sold his Matthews. He bought a Prime, loved the Prime, sold some guns to buy this, that, and the other. Like, uh, he wanted it really bad. And uh, bought a camera, a GoPro. And, dude, his footage and his storytelling and everything was just... I was super impressed. It wasn't a giant deer, but it was a good deer, and he got excellent footage of it and everything. So I'm going to feature him on... Um, his prep, like, he he did a really good job. Did like, he, he bought deer grow. Yeah, he said... He, he filmed everything. Like, he had a real good story for a guy that's never done this before. He had a really good informational not not just a story but informational stuff of leading up to his harvest yeah it, it was just touching to me because i mean dude he took the time and edited the whole thing i would i would prefer not edited but i really love the way he did it he did an interview in the beginning explaining why he's sending the video 45 minutes of footage great footage excellent probably some of the best kill footage i saw all year honestly um so just excellent job to map but i'm going to feature him on um on this season um you know he's not going to have a whole episode to himself by any means but he's definitely going to get featured and now we've got our eye on matt miller and what maybe he could do next year Mm -hmm. um but you know i think the possibility is out there for anybody if they want to align with the sponsors and they can tell a good story they can get us the footage and you're not a poacher (laughs) you know with a ton of game violations i'll 100 look at your footage and watch it and if it's good I'll use it. If you can kill the next year and maybe the year again, dude, there's a very good possibility you could be uh, a staple on Whitetail Edge. But if you send a request like this guy sent here, I won't say the name. Um, He's like, I am so-so. I'm 24 years old. I'm from Alabama. Um, I have never killed a deer on film, but I'm going to take it a lot more serious this year. I finally got some other stuff out of my way in life. I've been squirrel hunting and doing other things. So do you want to sponsor me? Because I'm going to make it real this year. No. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> no. Squirrel Edge, man. <laughs> so Sub-series. Yeah. So like I, that is not going to get you anywhere. And, and not to put it harshly, yeah. but it is so hard not to um, – it's so hard not to. But he become, wanted me to sponsor him. <laughs> yeah, like Matt's Matt's footage that he sent me. I mean, dude, I felt a real sincerity of, and I saw a real effort, and that goes a long way. Show us a little effort. Don't just ask to be on the team if you really want to align with our sponsors. You don't even have to say anything to us, but you get a deer on on you know on footage, a good deer uh, with great video and a good story. Just one day, send me a message and say, "Hey, I want some. I want you to look at this, and send it my way." And yeah, and I mean, it may not be even so. It may be even something we use as stuff through the summer or different places to just throw some content out and give like some of our fans appreciation. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, check out one of our uh, you know viewers from you know Michigan. He shot this 120 inch deer on uh, you know a food plot or something that he carved out of the woods or in a rut funnel or over mm-hmm. a black widow mock scrape we just kind of wanted to give kudos to this guy maybe the only one he ever gets on film or maybe you know one every other couple years but i think it just shows some appreciation to those people that we do care and like as long as it's legit and the the you know we can't be showing things that don't align with our sponsors mm-hmm. you know because i'm not going to do that to them but 
you know, those are some things that we can offer up and, you know, we'd be willing to look. We're never going to promise anybody anything, but we can look at it. Yeah. I think a lot of these guys either they've killed some big deer or they've had a few big deer on camera and they're like, all of a sudden I, I, I went on the team and this is what I want. Yeah. You know, and and, just, and, and we get it like, you know, we, but that's just really hard for us. Just like this young guy from Alabama that just, you know, had messaged that that's hard for me to like, well, you know, if you've never filmed ever, you got I a lot can't, to learn. Yeah. I just can't like, yeah, man, let's do it. You know, yeah. cause you're going to be a lot more serious this year. You know, I can't, I can't say that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, I can't tell you how many people we've had on this team that didn't even make it a season, mm-hmm. you know, that have quit within the first few months or don't even get to the next year or, you know, they want to end up, they film for a little bit and realize that they just want to do their own thing and be their own show. Yeah. And or, that's fine. Or it's just not for them. I mean, dude, filming yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. That's for sure. And it and, takes a real commitment. But I mean, some of the guys on our team struggle. You know, they've been doing it a while, running cameras, carrying all this stuff to the woods, and it is hard to get the kill on film. So filming's not easy. So that, you know, we wanted to cover that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I urge people to try out. Try out. Yeah. Let me see your footage. I mean, I was so thoroughly impressed with Matt. It was awesome. Yeah. He was like, even if you guys don't use my footage, thank you for everything you do. And it was, I had a lot of fun. I was like, man, that's... Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, it was touching his little interview and everything he did. You should have heard him on the phone when I called him and I was like, "Hey, we're gonna use your footage." He was like, "Shut up, man! Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, you did really yeah. good, man. You did really good." Yeah, that's cool. He's actually he went to high school with Jeff. Oh, oh did he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So pretty cool. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, I guess that's about it right now. You know, just. Start planning right now for your uh, your stuff this year. Getting the figuring out where you're if you're going to do new food plots or what you're going to need for those plots, what you're going to plant. Um, you know, get your fertilizer, your deer grow, all that stuff lined up. Um, start thinking right now is a you know right now is a great time to be scouting for this coming year. Like it really is. Like this, the woods are full of sign right now. From the past rut, you know, where scrapes are or where they've been um, during the rut time, you know, after the leaves have fallen. This is a, a, a strategic time for a guy like me to be picking apart where deer live, what they do, how they travel it, still be running your cameras. Shed hunting is a big thing, but really, I can't stress to you the woodsmanship part of this time of year of like truly scouting. And making mental notes or notes on your deer cast, um, dropping icons, what you, whatever you need to do to like remind yourself this coming year of where you saw what and putting that those pieces of the puzzle together, um, because that truly is what separates, you know, the really consistent big buck killers from the guys that just get it done every so often. And guys that get it done in multiple states and multiple farms, different areas all the time, not the same place all the time. Those are the guys that I would pay attention to and what I like to pay attention to. Um, it seems like right now, and I, I may hurt some feelings right now when I say this, and I don't want to be offensive to anybody, but it seems like everybody's a deer consultant all of a sudden. <laughs> do, you, do you ever notice that? Oh, yeah. Like everybody's a consultant. Um and that's 
Yeah, that goes for many walks of life too. Yeah, um, on everything. It's a know-it-alls. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not saying that, like, that not everybody doesn't have some knowledge, but like, if you're looking to spend real money, because a lot of these guys want real, real money, mm-hmm. you know, and I get a lot of requests to do consults. I cannot by any means get to all the ones that I get requested because I just am a busy guy. I wish I could, and I honestly wish that I had more time to do more of them um, because I think it could, you know, it is lucrative, but, you know, I've been walking timber my whole life, dealing with people, giving free advice my whole life, and it's just not something that I enjoy as much as like some of these other guys do, um, probably at this point. But I do like to do it. I like to, but I'm picky on which ones I do and, you know, the requests I get. And what I have found is when people do reach out, a lot of them, I don't know if they think I'm going to like do it really stupid cheap or what, but it's like when you finally do give them a price or like you never hear back or mm-hmm. whatever. But, and I don't think I'm that expensive compared to some of the ones I've seen. But if you are considering a deer consultant, I would definitely want to know what kind of deer they have killed. Are they killing them in multiple states? Are they killing them in just their own state, on their own farm? Are they killing them on leases, knocking on doors? How are they killing deer? What kind of deer are they killing? What kind of age class? Are they able to implement some of their strategies in different areas, and does it work? Um, You know, so that's just kind of some of the stuff that I would look into. Um, I don't think being like a consultant is all just about doing some hinge cuts and putting some food plots and planting some grass here and there. And, and I'm not saying that's what everybody's about. Um, I think what I really try to help people understand too, is like the land that they have or wherever they can hunt is how to kill those deer that are there, how to use that land, how to, take with what you're given and how to walk into a farm you've never hunted or whatever like we do on the show and kill a deer kill a mature buck in those spots maximizing your results yeah like whether you could hinge cut or you couldn't or you could create funnels or drop trees or do this or carve out plots i mean i feel like that's something that our team is really good about is being able to go anywhere tear a farm apart or a piece of ground and try to hunt it and use calling or scrapes or just woodsmanship to pin yourself and put yourself in a situation to get a shot at a mature buck. doesn't always work, but I do feel like we're pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying this because <clears throat> I'm like, I'm trying to get consulting business. That's not it. Cause I can't take it. Most of it. Um, it's just, I've had a lot of complaints from people like emailing me and saying they had so-and-so come out to their farm. They spent all this money and they're not happy with it now. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they didn't see the results of like what they were hoping to see. Um, you know, and I, there's two guys out there that seem to have the biggest name, you know, Jeff and Don, and those guys are well seasoned. I think there's a reason why they have the biggest names. Cause I think they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'm not saying that some of these <clears throat> new guys coming up don't know, but I would just do some digging, yeah. you know, that's all. Like, I, I just want to, really caution our our fan base and the people that that watch us to you know because a lot of these guys you know they're trusting and they'll spend their money if they really think it's going to help make their properties better um but i want to encourage you know a lot of this you can do yourself like you can learn um a lot of this on your own watching our shows digging into 
YouTube information, you know, on some guys that are really successful. Some of the best big buck killers in this in the whole United States, nobody even knows who they are. Like they don't have a name. They don't talk about it. They don't. Yeah, I'm still pretty under the. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, there's guys like that out there that have killed so many big deer. It's sick, and they just do it the way they know how, and it's not by doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot, and I don't know him personally, but I've heard from other people that know him is Skip Sly. You know, like that dude knows what he's doing. Like he's a guy I want to know mm-hmm. because I think he he gets it, you know. Um, and, you know, so I'm just saying like there's – it's just something to really take into consideration and be thoughtful about when you're – you know, don't don't be so unconfident that you can't do it yourself. Like that's – half of killing big mature deer is having the confidence. The other part is finding one. You can't kill him if he's not there. So you can be doing all the prep work you want on a farm, and if he's not there, you're not going to kill him. So I think that's the biggest factor is, and that's where I think, like me growing up, I didn't have land and whatever, so I spent more time trying to find a big deer, just like you're doing now at your age. You're trying to find a big deer every year to, mm-hmm. to hunt, and wherever you find him is where you hunt. Yeah, I spent a lot of money looking, though. I mean, gas and <laughs> Yeah. I do a lot of glassing, but I love it, man. Yeah, that is so part much of the fun, fun to me. But it is amazing how you cruise that same block, which I urge you not to do. But, you know, I had a block that I was really pounding this past summer that, you know, I knew where there should be some good deer. Um, didn't even end up hunting there. But um, it's amazing how often you can pound the same block pretty much all summer and still not not find a certain buck like mm-hmm. um two years ago i had a 171 mm-hmm. inch deer that had like a nine and a half inch drop time but i only got him on camera back in october but dude i cruised that whole block all summer long never ever saw that deer in the bean fields ever mm-hmm. i saw every other buck out on camera but not him nope and Did i you... had i had like six properties you know all around there so speaking of big deer and have you heard any more on that ohio buck Mm-mm. like whether or not the the chart no, but like man, one. dude, I've seen some of the, like I I went on that guy's Instagram, CJ's Instagram, and uh, people are really giving him crap, you know, obviously. But man, the way he fires back and talks to people is uh, really a turnoff. Hmm. I mean, I mean, like he's defending himself or what? Yeah, but in an awful way, mm-hmm. like just I don't know. I don't know. I get well, maybe maybe it'll come out he didn't do it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, just like the way he's talking to people back, like firing like back. F off. But but you know, I get it. But because people are coming at him that way, but it, it CJ, it'd be better just not to comment, buddy. Just don't comment back. Yeah, <laughs> I just wondered if you'd heard. I hadn't no. heard anything. You I know, haven't either. You'd hate to see that that really was the case with the deer that size that that, oh, that they have to take it from him. Yeah. That but was. if he did the wrong, I mean, I guess that's you know whatever. But. Yeah, it is what it is. I was just curious. I have not seen or read or anything. Or no, it's kind of died whatever. down here lately, it seems like. But um, what else you got, man? I don't think too much right now. It's Guys, we're getting into a slow part of the year. Um, you know, If there's anything that in particular you all want us to talk about, please just shoot us a message and let us know. You know, um, I feel like this was a good one, obviously, with ATA. And you know, the new products that they launched at ATA kind of made it – Made it easy on us, but if there's anything in particular you guys want us to cover, or maybe we can do a, a listener question episode next or 
something like that. I know I talked to Mark about um, maybe getting him on to talk more in depth about uh, product. I think Jeff Klump is going to be coming into Ohio here soon. We might have him on, talk water feather boats. Um, so just some stuff down the line. But, you know, like I said, again, if there's anything in particular that, you know, you guys want us to cover or questions, um, send them our way. Yeah, and I mean, if there's some guests that, like, you know, we're I've got a few people in mind this year that I want to try to get on the podcast to talk about, give us some more topics and uh, thing. It's just the hardest part for me is being consistent on the days that we can do the podcast um, because, again, you know, Whitetail Edge is not my living. This is just something that we do to try to uh, be of help to people that are wanting to learn to kill deer, and it's, you know, it's free. You know, we don't charge for it, so... Um, we appreciate all our sponsors and what they do for us. And so, you know, we're trying to get a little more active, um, do a little more real-time content moving forward. We kind of see that's the way things are going, trying to make some moves this year going into hunting season that can allow that to happen a little quicker. Um, trying to, you know, hopefully our team, you know, continues to be a little more effective every year at killing, you know, killing big deer and being able to teach you guys stuff. Um, you know, so that's yeah. where we're at. And if you haven't seen or anything, uh, we do have four brand new episodes up on our YouTube and Mossy Oak Go Deer Cast and Carbon. So make sure you guys check those out and let us know what you think about those. I think they're a little bit different style, de- definitely a different style. So uh, a little more fast paced and yeah. And we're kind of putting them out as they occurred. So like here shortly, my Illinois, my second Illinois buck will come out, and then eventually. Um, superstar, my buck in Ohio will come out. I'm saving that one for last. Yeah. That's going to be, I think, the last episode. But we still have some really awesome kills uh, lined up for you guys. So I think that's about it. Sounds good. All Thanks, right, guys. guys. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Whitetail Edge Podcast.